The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us this Saturday, and I'm really happy about the topic that we're going to be talking about. Well, that's not necessarily <laughs> true. I'm I'm looking forward, well, yeah, I'm looking forward to the topic, but God's been working with me on this topic, so it's a, a bittersweet kind of thing for me today as we, uh, as we talk through this, because I'm sure that there's some things that I definitely need to hear, and um, I know a lot of our journeys in the past, know a lot of your guys' stories that uh, I'm sure there's there's other things for you guys and also for the listeners today. So I'm excited about that, but I'm also uh, anticipating some work that I need to do coming right out of this this show today. But uh, Robbie, we're going to be talking about a topic that I know you love quite a bit. What what is that topic we're talking about today? It's the orphan spirit, and it's it's sort of understanding what you learned in Ephesians one. You know that we are adopted as sons. And being able to accept that adoption is a, a bit tricky thing because we have a tendency to want to be independent and we want to, you know, make it work on our own terms and in our own way. <laughs> and uh, we want to believe we can do it sometimes when we can't. And yeah. which leads us right into where, you know, this, this is a brutal clip, but hilarious because it's Tim the tool man. And I don't know how many people are like me the Christian car guy that find themselves sitting out in front of the Napa Park store going, God, please show me how to do this because this is going to be awfully embarrassing if you're the Christian car guy and you can't, you know, put a new windshield wiper motor in old red. I mean, it's, it's, so you're looking for that. And Napa, you know, they had this slogan that they taught that Morgan talks about with Ransom Hard. It's that, you know, you don't, <clears throat> you may have to do this alone uh, by yourself but you don't have to do it alone i'll say it again you don't have to do this i mean you may have to do this by yourself <laughs> but you don't have to do it alone and so here we have tim that's going to show his son now which is kind of he's fathering the son you know he's actually doing a pretty good job of fathering the boy mm -hmm. but he himself is unfathered in this area and he gets himself in over his head where really he could have called on god to send him a father to show him how to do some of this wiring is safety. We're going to rewire a major appliance. We got to cut the electricity off, all right? Come on out here. There. That is the fuse box. The electrical nerve center of our house. Wow. You're darn right, wow. <laughs> but now we don't have to cut off all the electricity, just the section of the house we're working on. That'd be the kitchen up there. Uh, kitchen. <laughs> Well, I shouldn't have labeled those in pencil, should I? <laughs> They're all faded and everything. Look. Well, kitchen's K. Yeah, that's kitchen. There we go. All right, Hank the handyman. Come on, let's go. We got to take off that access panel. All right. Oh, look at all the wires in there. <laughs> you know what all those wires do? Yeah, of course. I wouldn't have taken it off if I didn't. 
ground. We're looking ground. Now, red is all red. Yellow, see? The sun is yellow. It heats the ground. That's how they name stuff. I did that to teach you an important lesson. What's that, Dad? Well, when you work with electricity, it's a good idea to shut it all off. <laughs> now, follow me upstairs, or I'll show you how to treat a severe electrical burn. <laughs> now, Robbie, you talked a little bit about really um, feeling that, not just personally, but when you were growing up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it, my father unlike Tim would find himself like he would decide, I'll never ever forget he was gonna brick the patio <laughs> and, and of course he had all the bricks and and he had all the tools like you know and he was gonna split a brick <laughs> with a sledgehammer and you know none of that just went well and then he would get to cuss <laughs> and you know it was it was not unlike Tim the tool man and so you know I used to call him Ted Trueblood that he did it again but you know, it's it's an interesting thing that I really find myself there so many times when it's time to fix the lawnmower or something goes wrong in the house, and you got to and and you're asking God, father me with this or send me somebody that knows how to do this so I don't feel like I can't, you know, I can't, I don't have what it takes. Yeah, it's uh, you know, thankfully we have YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I don't mean that. Obviously, it's not a replacement for God. We need to ask God to, to father us in certain things, on everything, but especially in certain things. Um, you know, but even for me, I, I didn't grow up knowing anything about guns. You know, my dad never really had a gun, but I never got to even see it or, or hold it or anything. And uh, so I didn't know much about him. And, you know, then I got a little bit older and I got a shotgun given to me and I got my first handgun and. Uh, I knew how to operate it. I didn't know how to clean it, mm. you know, and so being able to go on YouTube was actually very much a good thing for me mm-hmm. to be able to do that and have somebody I didn't even know father me through some things. Mm. You know, there's a lot of things on YouTube I wouldn't necessarily recommend, <laughs> but there are some things that's been good mm. in that that realm, and I am thankful that those are there, you know, to kind of help you step by step as you kind of walk through it. We have a, a plethora of people in the uh, studio mm. today. We have uh, people that aren't on. The, the air that you won't get to hear from and, and people that are the audience. Yeah. <laughs> the studio audience. And, uh, you know, but, uh, Jim Graham's with us today. Wayne's with us. Andy is with us. Yep. And I said that correctly. Today. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Without the, the twang to it. I Not the twang that. from yeah. yeah Mayberry. And he yeah. has a manly shirt on the day too. He does. Like that, yeah. 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 I'm getting ready for boot, I'm getting ready for boot camp. Yeah. And Tim, <laughs> the, the, the tool, tool man. So Wayne, as we talk about this topic of orphan spirit, how does that, I know you've heard it at boot camp, but how's that really kind of impacted your life as God's come through and kind of impact, uh, unpack some things for you? Right. Um, it's a painful subject for me, but it's, it's a, now it's actually not so much in terms of the pain thing. I'm actually working through some things with my dad currently. Um, I grew up, um, my, my dad left my mom when I was five years old. It actually created a, a huge void uh, that I filled with a lot of other things. Um, 
and even then when I did see him, um, it was just a very, um, I don't know the word for it, it but to me it was normal. Um, uh, the physical, the mental, the verbal abuse, um, to me it was normal. Uh, but in like the last boot camp, one of the things that came out was, and it helped me see so much, and it actually brought me to a place of forgiveness and actually praying for and hoping that I can help him through some of these things is, is that he was not truly fathered or mothered. Um, his mother left him and his siblings. He had a lot of siblings. He had to drop out of school when he was in like sixth grade. Um, so his life coming up was hard. Um, and he loved me the best way that he knew how, um, it opened up a door again for the, for that forgiveness and for me to be able to see that you know, he didn't know what he didn't know. Um, he did the best that he, he, he could do with, he had a lot of his own feelings that he was dealing with. Um, and it's, it's, it's created a journey of reconciliation there with him. Um, and, with me and God too, uh, because for the longest time, um, I portrayed that angry father uh, on onto God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's it's um, th- this was a topic. You know, when I first heard about it, you know, it it I knew it was true, but it didn't really resonate with me right out of the gate. You know, it's kind of like I knew it was true, but I'm like, eh, I don't know. But the more that, you know, I've been in this message for several years, God continues to bring me back to this point in a lot of ways and just how intertwined it was in my life, Mm -hmm. just how much that I um, lived like an Mm -hmm. orphan. Mm -hmm. I want to go to another clip before we get a break, and it's um, a short clip. It's about a minute and a half, but it's from um, Goodwill Hunting. I want to listen to Robin Williams talking to Will about being an orphan. And you wouldn't know about sleeping, sitting up in a hospital room for two months, holding her hand, because the doctors could see in your eyes that the terms visiting hours don't apply to you. You don't know about real loss, because that only occurs when you love something more than you love yourself. I doubt you've ever dared to love anybody that much. I look at you, I don't see an intelligent, confident man. I see a cocky, scared kid. But you're a genius, Will. No one denies that. No one could possibly understand the depths of you. But you presume to know everything about me because you saw a painting of mine. You ripped my life apart. You're an orphan, right? Do you think I'd know the first thing about how hard your life has been? How you feel? Who you are? Because I read Oliver Twist. Does that encapsulate you? Because you know what? I can't learn anything from you. I can't read in some book. Unless you want to talk about you. Who you are. And I'm fascinated. I'm in. But you don't want to do that, do you, sport? You're terrified of what you might say. I uh, wanted to get to that clip as we get ready to head into break because, you know, in the story you have a, a kid who is literally an orphan, right? And, and that's not a lot of our stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up with a dad in the home, right. but it didn't make me any less from having an orphan spirit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what I want to, as we come back and we start talking about it, we're going to share a little bit more of our stories. 
I think it's important, the thing that's said in that clip, is, is men share, you know, what God's done with them on the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, that they say, okay, this is where I was, this is where I'm at, you know, maybe I have this far to go yet, but, you know, I'm a work in progress here, and, and you know, it's a process with God, mm-hmm. you know, and it's important that we share those things so that other people can get the context mm-hmm. of it. You know, I grew up with a dad in the home, and I was very fortunate mm-hmm. he was there. Um, it was funny today at work. I'm working with a relatively new person I've known for a number of years. We just haven't worked together that closely. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions is, so what was it like growing up in your house? And I thought, wow, that's kind of amazing. That was a question right before the show. You know, and so it's going to be an interesting talk about it when we come back. We have a boot camp coming up where we talk about this topic and many others. It's coming up April 12th through 15th. Go to maskinjourneyradio.org to register now. It's coming up in just a couple weeks. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. So, guys, what's this? I hear about this BOGO continuing for the boot camp. Well, how could we not continue the BOGO? Yeah, but Christmas is over. Everyone else has stopped their BOGOs. Well, it's always the time for giving, Dennis. It's a Masculine Journey Boot Camp BOGO. Buy one, give one free. $199. What an amazing thing that would be to give somebody a gift, and what they really end up getting is their heart back. Coming April 12th through the 15th. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. It's one of the greatest investments I know of. You know, I wasn't prepared for that bump in. I was looking at our, our set list and actually was looking at a clip and thought that was a bump in. So, that, but it, um, who picked that? Did Dennis pick that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Alone again, naturally. Yeah, that was yeah. a good pick from Dennis. We, yeah. we miss having him here tonight. Sure. We've been talking about this topic of orphan spirit today. And so, we want to talk a little bit more about that as we go into the second half and then talk about what do we do with that? You know, once we realize we have it. And so, where do we go with it? And, and how often potentially do we need to go there? Uh, I'm learning it's a lot more often than what I originally thought. But Andy, I'd like for you to oh, share. Before you do that, Sam, yeah. you left the whole audience hanging on. Your dad was in the home growing up, but you need to share a little bit more of that. Well, I thought I might after the next clip. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tease with that. All yeah. right. Um, but uh, Andy, tell us a little bit about you know your childhood and how sure. this topic's kind of touched your heart along yep. the way as God's worked with you. Okay. Uh, I've shared it a couple times. I mean, it's, this topic comes up quite regularly on this show, uh, whether it's this p- specific topic or something reg- uh, related to it. But um, something I thought about when you were talking, you, you said um, you didn't really um, want to say w- that um, an orphan spirit was really something. It didn't really register or resonate at first. And I'm kind of like you. And I think part of that is uh, just the thought is that I don't think we want to acknowledge that our fathers were poor or weren't there for us. And we just we just kind of want to. That's another way of our posing, I think, of trying to keep that back. But in in my experience with my dad, is I had a good childhood up to about thirteen, had a great relationship. I'm not perfect, um, but I mean a really good dad. But then 
you know, I didn't, I wasn't abused like Will and Goodwill Hunting, but I, I was abandoned at 13. He had to move out of the state, and it really affected me. And I can identify with all these clips, particularly the one with Tim the Tool Man. I mean, you know, he's posing there. I can remember trying to put laminate down on my bathroom floor, and I was so pissed off that I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't accomplish something so basic. And my dad and my brothers, they were builders. Uh, you know, they were... And it was just something so simple. It's just something I hadn't had them there to help me through. But then I realized it's that's only a, a small portion of the fathering that I didn't get. It was more on how do I relate to a woman? How do I, um, you know, how do I relate with people? How, what do I do with this anger? What do I do with my vision? What, why am I on this earth? What's the calling? And all that stuff really came together at the boot camps. And, and as I you know, continue to read the books and, and, you know, it just to me, it makes the gospel message so much clearer when you really talk about the heart in the full context. And then, you know, like like Robbie said, we're all orphans, really, and, unless we really allow God to be that father to us. And I think, thank you, Andy. I think it's also mm-hmm. important to point out that our primary relationship with God mm-hmm. is God as father. I mean, that is the relationship yeah. Jesus talks about. You know, how do we pray? We pray, Abba, Father, mm-hmm. right? Right. It that is the primary core relationship. Is he our friend? Yes. Or is there other pieces of that? Yes. Especially as we mature in him, but he never stops being our father, right? Or that loses the desire to father us. You know, it's just us stepping in and, and asking him to. Now, Jim, you had a little bit different of a story about this orphan spirit than, than what these guys have shared. I do indeed. i as Andy was talking, I was thinking, well, my dad didn't desert me until he was 77 and I was 45. I grew up knowing I was unconditionally loved by my parents. I had a father that he was Al. He wasn't Tim. You know, he could do just about anything. He took me flying. He took me playing, well, caddying while he played golf. But, <laughs> but it was still special. I spent a lot of time with my dad, even though he was a very busy man. I orphaned myself. I pulled back from that love largely because I was going to say I'm I'm the spiritual and emotional giant you see that before you today because of that great <laughs> upbringing. But I I really kind of checked out when I became a teenager because I wasn't worthy of that love. I didn't deserve the wonderful upbringing, the nice big house, the never lacking for anything and became an orphan because of my own self-image. I was the beloved son, but I wasn't willing to accept that. And we do that with our father as well and heaven as well. Yeah. All these things, you know, we can fall into that trap of, you know, believing, okay, I'm not, not good enough. You know, and at the end of the day, God says we're good enough, right? If it's on our own merits, none of us are going to get there but it's because he has adopted us as his children, right, that, that we are, are good enough. I want to go ahead and go to this next clip from the movie Parenthood. And in this clip you have Steve Martin's character thinking back about his childhood, and he's having a dream in which he's a child and his father has dropped him off at a baseball game. And so we pick it up. He's kind of remembering it, but he's also remembering it through a child's voice as a 35-year-old man. Let's listen to this clip, and we'll come back and talk about it. Come on. Who's four innings? 
Well, like I said, I had to stop and do some business. Here, sit down. Hey, you usher, come here. Can I talk to you a second? Yes, sir. Gil, this is Stan. He's going to watch you for a while. I have some friends I meet. I'll meet you right here, huh? By the ninth inning. Have fun, kid. So, Gilly, big baseball fan? Kind of. Yeah? Dad bring you here a lot? Once a year on my birthday, then he pays an usher to watch me. Oh, I see. You have to understand, my father, in his own childhood, was without a positive male influence. Huh? <laughs> his own father kicked him out when he was 15. So my dad was taught to see a child raising us a job, a burden, a prison, rather than a playground. You understand what I'm saying? You don't talk like a kid. Yeah, well, I'm not really a kid. You're not a duck. This is a memory of when I was a kid. I'm 35 now. I have kids of my own. You don't really even exist. You're an amalgam. A what? A combination of several ushers my dad left me with over the years. I've combined them into one memory. Why? This was a great symbolic moment in my life. My father dumping me with you. It's why I swore things would be different with my kids. It's my dream. Strong, happy, confident kids. That's great. That's great. You know, you, you got a lovely family, and uh, I'm a I'm amalgam. Gil? Who's that? That's my wife. Nice. Gil? Yeah? The game's over, honey. St. Louis Card wish to thank you for attending today's game. Please drive home safely and sober. Let's go. It's uh, that's that's a really really good clip in a lot of ways. And and Robbie, if you listen to that kid, you know that's an adult actually speaking. He's got some pretty good insights at this point, even at thirty-five. Yeah, he is working through forgiving his father. And understanding how, you know, he could instill other things in his own children, which is why it's called parenthood. <laughs> Good point. Good point. We, we talked a little bit earlier about some of my story, and, and I grew up with my father in the home. He was actually there until he passed away um, when I was 21. Um, and there's a couple different stories of in, in ways he abandoned me, he, even when he was there. Uh, he loved me, and I always knew he loved me. That was never the question. You know, I know that in some ways I was the apple of my father's eye in lots of ways, but then there were other ways that just really perplexed me, and I didn't have the words for it at 8, 10, 12. Um, the baseball thing kind of hits home a little bit, uh, mainly because my dad didn't drop me off at a professional baseball game you know, and say, hey, here's the usher, watch me. He would, he would drop me off at my baseball game you know, and have the coach kind of watch over me, and then he would take off home to watch or actually listen to uh, the Cincinnati Reds, typically, or to do anything else but but hang out at my game, you know. And for me, that was a very hard time. And it may sound minor, and the incidents may sound minor, but it's a message that is always the killer. And for me, that message was: I have a father that that loves baseball, you know. And I've talked about it on the show before. I could still name the 1970s Reds 
including their announcers. You know, I listened to him so frequently as a kid. Um, but he didn't love baseball enough to come watch me. Right. And the, the message that came from that was, it was not true, but the message that I lived with for so many years is you're not a priority. You're not important. And like you said, Wayne, I kind of put that on God. You know, I've never, ever doubted that God loved me. It's just, you know, he's got other things to, to deal with like world hunger and you know, all those other things, <laughs> you know, um, watching a different baseball game, different baseball <laughs> yeah, yeah. game, and crazy dictators, That's you know, right. just things like that. <laughs> You know, so for me, there was that. But then also, uh, when I was about uh, 12, dad had a stroke and was never able to talk again other than yes, no, a few select cuss words. <laughs> and, you know, that was about it. Um, and so at the time that I really started to hit teenage years before I got my first car, before I really had a girlfriend, you know, anything like that, I didn't have anyone to go to. I remember getting so incredibly mad one time, and I've talked about it on the show, but in the driveway of my uh, house because I was trying to change a water pump on a car and I had no clue what to do. And, you know, the anger that was there, just anger of not having anybody there to show me what to do. You know, and so I'm sorry to make this all about me at this portion. I just want to fast forward where God's kind of working with me right now. I've been in a season for the last year of Turmoil would be a word. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good word. Uncertainty in a lot of ways. You know, I've been traveling every other week back and forth to the beach, um, which sounds really nice, but when you don't get to see the water because you're working most of the time, it's still work. And, and I do work for, a, you know, a company I appreciate being with. But just the uncertainty, you know, never really feeling like you're at home. And if you're at home, you're doing laundry. And what that does to try to, to date somebody, you know, things like that. It's a challenge, what it does in lots of ways. And, you would think that that would be the time that I would say, okay, God, I need you to father me. And I know that. I know that in my head. I know that in my heart. And up until a couple of weeks ago when we did a show, I really didn't do it. And I will say over the last couple of weeks, I've been stepping back in and praying with him and saying, God, I need you here. I need you to father me. And I haven't come to any big earth-shattering revelations. But what I have had is the comfort of knowing that I'm in this by myself, but I'm not alone. You know, and I spent the last year feeling like I'm alone. And that's the, the thing that I would encourage you today is to go out and say, God, where am I living my life like I'm alone? Where do I need to invite you into that? Is it my relationship? Is it my work? Is it the, the relationship with my kids? Is it all those things? And the answer is yes, it is all those things. But where do I need to invite you in and invite him in this week and let him father you? Go to masculinejourneyradio.org to register for the boot camp coming up April 12th through 15th.